Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Chapter 5, uh, several verses and a story in the life of Jesus. This won't be an incredibly long uh, message. I do want the team to come back at the end and we're going to have a couple of moments prior to Open Heaven next Sunday night where you'll have an opportunity to put this message into practice in your life. Uh, I spoke last Sunday night, I believe it was, on pressing in and what Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, had to do. Well, this is the interruption that occurred as he's walking with Jesus. Let me read it. You'll get the story. It says, so Jesus went with him, and that's Jairus, and a great multitude, I want you to remember that, a great multitude followed him and thronged him. In other words, they're jostling. They're doing what crowds do. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things from many physicians. She'd spent all that she had, was no better, but rather grew worse. But when she'd heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment, for she said, I want you to remember that, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched me? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? But he looked around to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight as we, wherever we are around the world, As we gather around your word, the word that's got power, the word that's got promise for our life. Lord, save us from ever putting Jesus into the religion basket or into the philosophy box or into the place, Lord, of remoteness where you are so far from us that we lose the sense of your closeness and your willingness to touch our life. I pray, God, that as the songs we've been singing tonight talk about, there'll come a fresh wind. There'll come something from you that'll sweep over our soul. Where what's going on in the world has brought hardness to us or has blinded us to what you want to do, I pray, Lord, that you will remove that blindness from our eyes and let us see what you want to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I think it's quite easy to read a story like this one from long ago and really to think that somehow or other it's got little to say to us because, you know, our lives now are so complex and, you know, it's different and, you know, that was back then and that was simple and after all those people had never had doctors and medicine like us and so somehow or other, you know, they needed that but we don't. But of course, every one of us here has got a need whether it's physical or emotional or mental, 
whether it's in our relationships, in our jobs, whether it's in our ministries. And every one of us, like that woman, we have heard of Jesus. And most of us, just like her, when we come to Jesus, we discover that it's not just a matter of strolling up to Him and, and just kind of asking the question. I strike this a lot because I think so many people have got a view of God that somehow or other He's like ordering a meal online. You know, you just pick off the menu and tell them what you want and then they deliver it sometime soon. But usually in life, there are more obstacles than that. I think of people that I know that have sought to uh, further their career in academic areas. I remember a, a young woman called Jody who was in our church many years ago and she never got a high enough TEE score. That's your end of uh, your studies in, in high school. She never got a high enough score to be able to do what had been the dream of her heart, which was to be a teacher. And I remember going to their home and talking to her mum and her dad and to her, this young woman whose dream looked like it was totally dashed all of her life, ever since she'd been in primary school. All she wanted to do was to be a teacher. And now the door is shut and there's no way in. This little slip of a girl, and she was a tiny thing really, and she told me that she was going to go truck driving. And I remember Rondo, I think, was with me and the, the idea that this little young girl would be able to even, pardon me, I'm not being sexist here, but that she would be able to see over the steering wheel. She wasn't a very big girl. And, uh, you know, the idea that, that she'd just go and do that, well, I'm sure she could have. But nevertheless, that wasn't her dream at all. Her dream was to be a teacher. And so I talked with her because the movement that this church is a part of, INC, we run one of the greatest private teachers' college training things in Australia. And so I said, look, let me make some phone calls. I know some people. And so it turned out that it didn't require my influence, but there was an opportunity for her. She went across there, did one year in Queensland, then transferred back here, back to one of the uh, teacher training institutions in Western Australia, then graduated. See, she always had the skill. She graduated out of that, and then I know years later, the principal was saying about her that she was one of the finest teachers that he'd ever had the privilege of being the principal for. Oftentimes, the things you and I want to do, the business dream you have, or the desire to be used of God, and yet it seems like there's all this stuff that prevents you getting into touch Jesus. You know, the crowd around about this woman was not a crowd that was hostile to her. They're not trying to stop her. They haven't linked arms and trying to keep her out. They are just the everyday, but it's often the everyday. My problem often is not the big things that come it's the everyday. It's the past disappointments. I've spoken to so many people that have walked through a great grief or a great loss, a great sickness, and then their uh, ability to believe or to trust gets damaged. They've walked through something that is the everyday of life. Thousands of people have the same thing. 
those kind of stuff, things come their way. Maybe it's a family breakdown of some kind or other or a failure in some area of business or personal life. And somehow or other, these things now become the thing in your mind. Maybe it's someone that wounded you or hurt you or offended you. And now that's the thing that stops you getting to Jesus. She had to press through and touch because just being around Jesus is not enough. I want you to hear that tonight because across the world, millions, hundreds of millions of people name the name of Christ. Thousands of millions of people go to church. I remember being in Israel some years ago and seeing people who in incredible devotion weeping as the, I remember this one lady from Eastern Europe throwing herself onto the, the, the grave that was marked as being the graveside of John the Baptist and with tears in her eyes throwing herself. You know, it's easy to mock that kind of thing because the truth is the plaque on it said it had been put down there in the year 1500. So it obviously wasn't John the Baptist. Uh, but it's easy to mock that. But can I say to you, my heart went out to a woman who was so desperate to touch Jesus that anything that became her contact point was somehow or other something. It was, it was her desperation for God. I don't hate religion because religion is just mankind's attempts to try and touch Jesus. That's all it is. It's not bad. Many people are very genuine and sincere. and They're doing all the things they know. They're following the traditions that have been handed down to them. I don't despise them for it or think like, I might go well done for having devotion. But can I tell you that being around Jesus is not the same as touching Jesus. Being around a place where other people name the name of Jesus. Being in worship is not the same as touching Jesus. Singing the songs about Jesus is not the same as touching Him. The crowd was where Jesus was, but none of them got healed. The crowd that bumped up against Him in the multitude that was thronging, all these people who, they, they touched the hem of His garment, they touched His sleeve, but none of them got a miracle. Why? Because being where Jesus is, is not the same as touching him. And yet I think the most astounding thing in this entire story is that the power was ready to flow. She never had to ask him. She never had to do anything special. He never had to make some great show of blessing. He never had to hold up his hand in some significant way and call down power from heaven. He walked around with it ready to flow. You say, how do you know that? How do you know it wasn't just one? Well, I'd say because the very next chapter, Mark's Gospel chapter 6, tells you in the leading verses in the beginning of it, it says, but as many as touched him were made whole. One woman got a revelation that no one else had. I believe that every vision is meant to have an overflow into the lives of other people. Never treat lightly the vision that God has put in your heart, no matter what it is. You might say, I've got a vision to help children. 
I've got a vision to, uh, you know, help kids that struggle at school. I've got a vision to whatever it may be. Never ever think to yourself as though somehow or other it's, a, it's an option that you could pick up or put down. Look at it as being something that God has given you as a privilege to be able to help someone else. This woman, and by the way, the, when it says, therefore she said, I looked it up just before. The word in the Greek, the original language the Bible is written in, makes a contrast, specifically says, it's not a random monologue. Neither is it just a casual phrase. It says that it is a particular word used to describe a set discourse. In other words, when this woman said, for I, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole, there was thought attached to it. There was more than one moment. She never just casually threw it out there. She thought about this, pondered on it. When she began to say it, it was more than a one-off. She began to say it and she began to say it and she began to say it. And by the time she got to where Jesus was, her own heart had been convinced because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And without knowing what she was doing, she starts declaring what God says. I really want you tonight. I feel like tonight is special for those of you that are part of this where maybe vision to you seems to have been stopped or paused or there's a crowd around about it. You don't know what to do next. And I want you to start to say in your heart, I'm going to begin to say what God has said to me. I'm going to begin and maybe nobody else will understand it. But as you begin to say that thing that God has come on, begin to say the thing that God has put in your heart, that doors are going to open, that blessings are going to flow, that you're meant to be a person with a gift on your life and influence that will impact lives, that you're on the earth. As God said to one man who was 90 years old uh, when he left where he was, or 75 rather, and 99 when he finally got the promise, God said to him this, he said, and you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He had no kids. But he kept on declaring the vision God put in his heart. And as he did that, well, eventually the promise comes to pass. Power was ready to flow. But what it took was someone who would touch. Let me take you to the next passage and then we're going to just say a couple more things and the team are going to come back and we're going to worship for a minute. And I'm going to give you, I trust, a divine opportunity in this to get before God. Some of you will want to sing it. Some of you will want to just say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to declare what you put in my heart. Maybe you're facing locked doors. Maybe where you are, you feel like you're hemmed in. The Scripture says he's brought me to a large and an open place. Maybe you feel like your life's on pause. But the Scripture says, again, says it's time to break out. It's time to expand, to enlarge the borders of your habitation. Amen. That's a word for some of you here. It's time to enlarge. Stop thinking about just surviving. Let's go to Luke 5, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who came out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. Watch this. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. It doesn't say to heal someone outside the building. The power of the Lord is present to heal them. 
Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralysed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they couldn't find how they might bring him in, why? Because of the crowd. They went up on the housetop and they let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. The story goes on. I won't take the time to read it. But again, it's a crowd. And again, there are in that crowd people who where Jesus is, but there is no impact in their life from just being there. Again, power is ready to flow. It says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And yet none of them touched Him. They were too busy arguing over who He was and whether they agreed with His doctrine and whether they wanted to be seen with Him. All of these people were people that were meant to carry faith, but they didn't carry any at all. They're debating over all the issues of the day. And yet somehow or other, power's ready to flow. And again, it's someone outside the crowd who hears and who presses through the crowd and gets a breakthrough in their life. I don't know what the crowd is around about you tonight, whether it's the crowd of past disappointments or the crowd of arguments and debates or whether it's the crowd of, you know, what some Christian somewhere may have done or not done or should have done or maybe the prayers you prayed, they haven't been answered. People say to me, oh, God didn't answer my prayer. I go, well, you need to pray more because uh, quite frankly, I've got about a thousand he hasn't answered yet. Uh, I'm not putting it all on one. I'm putting out about a thousand out there and uh, just keep on believing for those. But the one, one more thing I want to say is that none of these were instant or quick. For her to press through a crowd, I don't know if you've ever tried to get through a crowd. I have. And despite being larger than most, it's still difficult to get through a crowd, particularly if the crowd's moving. You've got to press through people. They don't always just part the way. So this woman is, it takes time for her to get through the crowd. But then so does digging a hole in a roof. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but it's not quick. It's not easy. These people had to go get ropes. They hadn't come with them. They had to go and pull the roof up and then they've got to lower the guy and they've got to lower him carefully so that he doesn't fall off his stretcher. Jesus did a miracle at a wedding of Galilee, Cana of Galilee. When he did the miracle, it began by him saying, fill up those water pots. There were six of them. They contained about 30 gallons. Let me give you the metric conversion. That's 540 litres. He said, fill them up with water. Do you know how long it takes to fill up 540 litres of water? I don't know either, but I do know it's a long time. I do know that it's not one bucket full or two buckets full. I do know that it's probably more in the realm of 200 buckets full. And so these people had to go and do that. Think about when Jesus fed the 5,000. Everyone thinks he just took five loaves and two fish, prayed over and off it went. But that's not the way it worked at all. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, says that first of all, he said, make them all sit down in groups of 50. Have you ever tried to get people to sit down in groups of anything? There's 5,000 of them. Someone took time to go and over. 50, no, not 50, 50, 10 if you get over there. I have no idea why 50 was the number. All I know is that most miracles are not magic wands. Rather, they're things where there's a time. 
The scripture says when Jesus saw their faith, verse 20. All of these people gave Jesus something to work with. The woman, she said, if I may touch by the hem of his garment. Sometimes I find the only thing I can do is I can give God my declaration of the faith that's in my heart. I thank God when I was just a young Christian, I heard teaching and preaching on the power of the words you speak. The book of Proverbs, almost every chapter of 31 has something to say about the power of the words that you speak. They're a wellspring of life. The uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And the things that you speak are either building faith. Romans 10, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That if you will with the heart believe and with the mouth confession or declarations made unto salvation. The book of Hebrews says that he is the high priest of our confession. It's the Greek word homologio. It means to say the same thing as. Sometimes that's all you can do is get before God and go, God, this is what you said. This is what I believe. Your confession of faith, the seed that you sow, your prayer of faith, your sacrifice of praise. Sometimes that's all you've got to give God. If you're in a hemmed in place right now, there's probably not a lot you can do to fix it yourself, but you can get in a place of prayer and say, God, I'm going to press through the crowd. I'm where Jesus is, but Lord, I don't want to just be where he is. I want to touch Jesus. Amen. Team, I want you to come. Before we do anything else, I want us to take a couple of minutes. We're going to stand if you're in the building. If you're at home, make sure you join with us. I want to sing the... the um, da 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 you wine today. Yeah, that one. Thank you, yeah. Okay. Because it says, make me a vessel. I don't believe any vision God gives you is just for you. I don't believe that's even a thing. I believe every vision God gives you is meant to have impact to someone somewhere. It's meant to have an overflow. The day you think vision's about you is the day you've lost the vision. Because the vision's about someone else on the other side of you. Amen. And some of you here might go, oh, Jeff, I'm not a visionary. But you know, there's something that you love to do and you'd love to help and you'd love to be a blessing. That's vision. Vision is when the angel comes down and visits you. Vision is when God puts something in your heart. You go, I see that. Wouldn't it be good? Oh, I'd love that to happen. I'm going to get us to stand. Would you join me? First of all, I'm going to get the team to sing it. And as they sing it, I want you to just wherever you are, say, Lord, I want to give you what I've got. This is what I believe. I believe this, Lord. You said this and I'm believing that's what's going to happen. God, all I've got, the only thing I can give you for it right now is maybe my words, so I'll give you them. And then we're going to sing together after we've, they've led us in the first time. We'll sing it together and we'll give God our worship. And that'll be our moment for touching Jesus as we were pressing through the crowd. And saying, Jesus, I, I really want you you're ready. Your power's waiting to flow like it was in both those stories. Tonight, I want it to touch me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's sing. Let the us sing. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. Save me. 
done it yet but I love you I'll turn the mic off because it's not about who, who's beside you we're not hoping that they hear we're saying Jesus I'm standing before you this is what you say have you got doors that look shut then why don't you begin to declare Jesus you're the door opener you are the door are you in a spot where things look like they'll never get any better why don't you begin to declare, Lord, if I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I'm seeing up ahead a table spread before me in the presence of my enemies. God, I've got confusion in my mind. I don't know. I don't have clarity. Then, Lord, you said that you would anoint and touch my mind. So, Lord, I declare that you lead me by the Holy Spirit. Is it a family thing that you're struggling with? You go, oh God, I don't know what to do and nothing I do seems to change it. Then why don't you take a minute to say, Lord, your blessings over my home. Salvation comes to my house. Whatever it is, begin to declare the faith that's in your heart tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, man. get you to pray for families that need help. We were in uh, the car with Pastor Jonathan Fontana Rosa at Adelaide. Great church there, Edge Church. And I just preached on 1 Samuel 30. Preached on lots of times, one of my favorite passages. But he said, you know, the, the Lord woke him up or arrested him with this thought that it was an attack on families and children. I've never seen that. If you know the story, David comes back. It's the penultimate moment before he becomes king. In other words, it's his darkest hour, but his greatest hour. But the, the last attack the enemy had against him was against family. So I'm going to ask Rhonda if she'd pray for families. If that's you, then receive it from her and from the Lord as she prays. Thank you, Rhonda. 
Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you speak about us as family. Family is dear to your heart. You place us in families. Even the solitary you say you place in families. Father, we pray for natural families. We pray the protection of your Holy Spirit over them. Lord, every spirit of strife and contention that has made its way into families, Lord Jesus, we thank you that your blood is great to cover that, Lord, that your blood can bring change, that your Holy Spirit can bring wisdom, that your Holy Spirit can bring joy where the joy is gone. Father, we pray, Lord, for children, Lord, especially those who, who live in families that are harmful to them. Holy Spirit, make a way. Make a way for them to be healed and come into wholeness. We thank you, Jesus, also for our church family and for all your church around the world, Lord, that the spirit of love and reconciliation will be amongst all your children, Lord Jesus, that we may be such a witness to the world that's hurting at the moment. You say they'll know we're Christians by the way we love each other. And we thank you, Lord, for bringing great demonstrations of love into your family, the church family. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just pray. We just pray for your universal family, Lord. Those that don't know you yet, that you want to bring into your family, Holy Spirit, lead and guide them, draw them to a place and to people who can bring them into your family to find your peace. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. said yes to Jesus. How old were you? I don't I don't know your story. Oh, I was 19. You were 19? Quite a long time ago. Wow. Ben, when was your moment where you said yes to Jesus? I was 14 at the time. 14. 14? Yeah. Michael, how old were you? Uh, about 8. 
eight. But every one of us along here had a moment where we said a yes. You know, isn't it funny? Because some people think, I've had people talk to me like, well, you know, I can't be a Christian because I wasn't born into a Christian family. I go, no, that's not the way it is. You're not a Christian because you go to a church. You're a Christian because you've invited Jesus into your life to save you. You put your trust in Him. And you know, you said a yes at eight. Ben said a yes at 14. You waited so long. You said it at 19. That's the age I was. But you know, that yes profoundly changes your life, doesn't it? That yes, isn't it hard to explain, don't you think? Uh, do you ever kind of go, because spiritual life is not religious life. It's different, isn't it? There's something inside that's, well, it's just hard to describe, isn't it? Difficult to put into words, but yeah, I guess just live your life and be the Bible that people read. Yeah, and wow. that's emulation of yeah God's love for us and yeah. pour it up from there. Amazing. Something on the inside, it's that easy to say yes to Jesus. Some people want to make it hard, but it's not hard. Say yes to Jesus. If you're a part of the service or you're online, you want to do that, the number's up on the screen for you, 0488 if you're in Australia. If you're outside of Australia, you just go to yes.metrochurch.org.au and where you give your yes there, the next day our team from here, it's from us, nowhere else, they will give you, if it's on one screen of the smartphone, a Bible verse different every day for 30 days, a prayer different every day for 30 days. That's to help you to pray. It's not a special prayer, except it's your prayer. So you take that on board and that just marvelously begins to help you on a journey with Jesus. And I pray you'll do that. 488 You know, we get those at all hours of the day and night. We literally, we've had them at 3 a.m. and I Thursday morning, we've had them at night, all kinds of places. I pray you'll do that and give your heart to Christ. Let Jesus become Lord of your life. I pray you will. In a minute, Pastor Bruce is going to be leading ministry time out of the studio. And thank you for that, Bruce, for leading that and praying with people. Don't forget, next Sunday night is open heaven. Don't come just for the grazing table, though, quite frankly, that's worth coming for. We are going to be praying with people. We'll be anointed with oil. Anyone that's sick that wants prayer, believing God with you, we'll do that in the service. And it'll be just a phenomenal time. Dr. Ruby speaking. And it'll be great for sure. But I pray you'll be a blessing to some of this week. Can we sing that again? I love this. I love the heart and the thought of it. God, make me a blessing. Make me a vessel that you can use. God, let's sing it before we go. Thank you.
And God bless you. Thank you for being a part of the service. And we look forward to seeing you sometime soon. Pastor Bruce is ready to pray with anyone. If you're in the building, you want prayer. I believe David is waiting to pray with you. God bless. Hope we see you somewhere soon.